Darcy and Curtis. I love you and hate you at the same time. I wish you both luck. And everybody else that's listening that didn't make it to the finals, I was better than you are. So, um, yeah. Hey guys, welcome into another episode of the officially unofficial Roto Heat Guillotine League podcast. I'm Kevin Kloss, and this is the episode that nobody asked for. Nobody wanted to see this happen. Well, maybe a, a couple of people actually probably did want to see this happen, but I certainly didn't want to see this happen. And clearly, my guest today, if I can use that phrase, did not want to see this happen. The Canadian captain himself, Rob Sullivan, comes on the podcast. Get your tissues ready. It's an emotional one. Let's jump in. Say it ain't so, Mr. Sullivan, Rob Sullivan, back again. Uh, by my watch, you're about a couple weeks too early from when we expected you to be back. Is that correct? Yeah, I'd say at least um, one week, I guess, right? Oh, true, true. Good point. But I figured we'd have the initial elimination week with you and then maybe another victory lap episode afterwards once you were done bathing in your champagne of the Guillotine League victory. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I probably would have asked for both of those. I agree. And I just assume that's how you celebrate all fantasy championships is with, you know, a trophy full of champagne for a week or so. Yeah. And I wish I had more on my resume to, uh, you know, tell you that I do celebrate that way. But uh, the few that I have fortunately pulled off, the celebrations are pretty epic. Yes. So let's. Let's just go right to where nobody really wants to go when they come on the show and talk about, you know, the eventual departure from the league. As you look at it as someone who, and I have seen this spreadsheet, so I know <laughs> that, that yeah. no one is examining and cross-examining their roster and potential outcomes in this league more than you. Where do you think things went wrong? It went wrong in a lot of different ways. And, you know, we can go back to, I think, one of our first initial conversations in my draft. I don't think my draft was overly great. Um, that, in essence, um, a panic move of $100 of fab on Tyson Williams before week one. Um, how much I could have used that $100 later on. Where, where I think it really went down, and I think Anthony actually nailed it, was the week that he went out, I looked at the landscape of the league between James and Darcy and Curtis and myself, and I felt that Darcy had the best team. And honestly, I still do, mm -hmm. but I felt he was a running back away. So I took a look at the fab and I bid what I had to bid to land Jonathan Taylor. And I thought I would be okay based on what he had done and this, the rest of my roster. I then held on to Darren Waller forever. I, I took a look at Rob Gronkowski and Mark Andrews, who were both on waivers at the same time. And because I had Lamar Jackson at that time, I decided to go with Gronkowski. Because one of the things that I've tried to do throughout the duration of this league is not stack. Because if a quarterback has an off week, chances are that's going to be detrimental to my team. So what did I end up with? I ended up dropping Josh Allen, mm. adding Justin Herbert, adding mm. Keenan Allen, having Austin Eckler. So I created myself a nice little stack. Austin Eckler was on the COVID list. Justin Herbert laid an egg. 
Keenan Allen subsequently did as well. Jonathan Taylor had one of his worst weeks of this season. So not unlike most teams that have left this great league, yourself. Um, I remember Mark early on, good rosters, and the teams just don't show up. So I think I managed myself. I think I overthought it. I tried to build the perfect little lineup based on matchups. I thought Justin Herbert in San Diego against Houston would go crazy. And I guess I should have picked up Davis Mills. Who knew? Obviously, when you look at the roster that you had, especially with the number of teams left, you have a stacked roster, tons of talent to go around. I can't say to you that you shouldn't have picked up Jonathan Taylor because he's quickly becoming the 1-1 one, one in a number of startups. Specifically, if it's a non-super flex, I think most people would say you almost have to take Jonathan Taylor 1-1. One, one. But from you yourself, the person who made that decision, heard from a couple of people, Anthony included, that maybe you overspent for Jonathan Taylor. Would you do it again? Well, first of all, I didn't overspend because if you look at the bidding history, I bid what I needed to obtain it. So mm -hmm. if my goal was to acquire that player, I played it perfectly. Where I think Anthony is right, and I say that with so much pain, um, is if I'd have diversified those, those bids and I'd added Justin Jefferson or a Deontay sure. Johnson, I perhaps would still be kicking around. But another thing that I forgot to mention is I also dropped T Higgins the week before he scored 48 points. Mm. So had I held on to him, he probably wouldn't have been in my lineup. So yeah, there's a lot of things that I think when you put this stuff under a microscope and you last as many weeks as I was fortunate enough to last, you can come up with a lot of errors. I spent $300 on Aaron Jones and he did almost nothing for me. So I was very, very fortunate with the, with the acquisitions um, that I made throughout the season. But my big spends, they didn't pay off. And I think that combined with a little bit of bad luck, which we all have, and some injuries and some COVID, um, there's a lot of ugly rosters out there at this time of season in fantasy football. And mine was one of them. So tip my hat to the two guys that are still in there. They've played it brilliantly. And uh, I think it'll be a great matchup this weekend. They both have, as you would imagine, a very good lineup heading into the finals. So the common theme that I've heard from people, yourself included, on this show and in the chat is that this league quickly became one of the most important leagues for everyone, I, I think, for the most part. Maybe not everyone, but for a yeah. very large portion of, of the league, this was priority numero uno, if we will. When you look at the leagues you have next year, factoring in that you will inevitably get sucked into two or three, and that's maybe on the low side, new drafts for next year, do you think this is going to continue to be something that's a top priority for you? Are you going to spend the offseason thinking about how important it is for you to get back to this spot, if not better, in next year's guillotine league? There will 100% be another guillotine league, and I have um... – put a lot of thought into it because this is the most important league to me. And it makes absolutely no sense that it is. It's a $20 league with 17 other great individuals. And it's just, it's literally survival of the fittest. And it's, it's, I don't know. There's just something special about this league. I'm fortunate enough to be one of the last two teams in the Roto Heat 96 team league, Superflex tight end premium league mm -hmm. that I play in the championship for this Sunday. And I'd rather, I'd rather be in the final of this one, which really makes no sense. But 
um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be back with this. I'll, I'll run this again. My goal is to actually expand it. So I'd like to run a 96 team guillotine league that, um, you know, my good friend, Paul Churchin at guillotineleagues.com runs what he calls super chop leagues. That's what I'm envisioning for the Rotoheat family that we can expand this to about 140 teams and just go crazy with it. So I think it's probably the best format in fantasy football. It's become my favorite. I'm not giving up redraft or dynasty or, or anything like that anytime soon, but I will not enter any new leagues next year unless they're guillotine leagues. No doubt about it. Rob, seriously, yeah. come on. I'm telling you, I'm telling we, you the truth. I just, I just, you know, I love you, but like, I love you. There's, like there's no yeah. way that that's true. No, it's, it's gospel. There's no way. Come on. It's gospel. So, I was in 28 leagues this year and it was a shit show with waivers and everything else going on. So I am, I've already earmarked leagues that I'm dumping, that I'm bailing on. Do you feel bad um, about that, by the way? Do you feel, feel bad horrible. Getting, horrible. getting out of leagues? Okay. Horrible. I don't even know how to do it. It's like breaking up with someone. Do I just treat the league so badly that eventually they kick me out? Like, I don't understand how to do it. So, yeah. Um, the two leagues that I want to dump are safe league leagues. They're run by Scott Fish. And I'm afraid he's going to find me and be mad at me. Like, disappointed in me, not mad at me. So, maybe I'll just hang on to them. I don't know. But I'm not, I swear, on a stack of anything holy to anyone. No more dynasty startups. No more nothing. Guillotine league, and that's it. So if I, so if you got a message from me tomorrow yeah. morning, yeah, rolls in. I send it in the early East Coast hours, so it's gonna be there when you wake up. Mm-hmm. And it's hey, Stebbs and I are starting a league. We're gonna write the Constitution while we're both hammered. Okay. Will you join the league? That 100%. to me, that to me is a hundred percent gonna get you in on its own. Yeah, I'll be there. So you will join leagues is basically what I'm coming no, back to. I will only join co-commissioned Stebs Kloss leagues. That's it. Well, Chris, if, you, if you're listening, bro. He's this, listening. What else could, is he doing? This could, well, you know what he's doing. He's waiting for trades to open in all the other leagues. Yeah, and, and scorfing a handful of edibles. And by the way, I'm down here with my parents and my wife's parents, which at the time seemed like a great idea. No. I would love some of them edibles right about now. So I'm glad that you brought up the change in scenery. So let's just let's just play this out real quick. Yeah. You went to New Mexico. Excuse me. You went to New Mexico when? Yes, sir. I left on the 24th of December. Drove through the night and arrived here in the wee hours of the 20. No, 23rd. Arrived in the wee hours of the 24th. My apologies. And you were eliminated from the Guillotine League when? While I was in the United States of America. I'm not saying that it's a coincidence, but... Oh, it's, it's fact. Would you, in fact, believe then that you lost home field advantage when you left Canada? I just think good things happen to good people, and Canadians are, are better people. Better, would you I'm say? Not gonna say? I wouldn't say better. I would just say we're good people. And... You know, as you can see, last year, the finals came down to two Canadians. This year, the final four was four Canadians. Mm-hmm. The mistake that I made was I crossed the border. Yeah. Right? I tempted fate. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, it's a bad move. I'm not sure that you could have predicted that ahead of time. You know, right. there's a lot of things you wouldn't expect. You don't expect a stinker from Jonathan Taylor. As much as I enjoyed it, you don't expect Josh Allen to do what he did against that Patriots defense. 
I sure didn't. And so, you know, you can't really blame yourself for how that week played out. I think you probably made the smart decision. You know, theoretically, could someone say you made a safe decision? Sure. But I think you also wouldn't expect Justin Herbert to be that bad against the Texans. Correct. And so, yeah, we can jokingly say that the mistake was you leaving Canada and coming to the United States, but I will spend most of the offseason believing that's the only reason you did not end up winning this league. And I'm going to, as much as I'd love to tell myself that that's the case, um, and I probably will for a while, it uh, ultimately comes down to paralysis by overanalysis Mm -hmm. and just poor roster management regardless of my location, but it's so much easier for me to just blame it on this great nation of yours. Um, Had I known, had I known going into it, what the result was going to be, I'd have canceled my vacation, but I'd be single. So probably, probably, probably made the right decision at the end of the day. So I was going to say, I'm sure your wife would be happy to hear that. Yeah. She'd probably stab me in my sleep, but uh, what are you going to do, Kevin? You know, I think at the end of the day, we learn by losing, right? Don't you, you see that all the time? Like, like you're a Bills fan. I'm a Vikings fan. Like our teams both should have learned every lesson possible by the time, amount of times they've lost. But they say good teams have to learn how to lose before they learn how to win. So maybe that's where I'm at. Well, if that's the case, I should be going on quite a run in the next couple of years because I've been doing a fair amount of losing in different fantasy leagues over the last couple of years how did it work out in the 48 for you i don't even know is is this a joke rob no i'm dead serious trying to hurt me no i'm not trying to hurt you you're one of my closest friends i'm glad we can talk about this because i just got over being mad about it so stebs and i Mm -hmm. for the whole week we said one of the two of us is winning this league it's four teams you know high score wins we looked at the rosters stebs and i said it's one of us. It's not going to be anybody else with the two highest scoring teams in this league. It's going, yeah. to be, it's, going to, it's going to come down to one of the two of us. It was neither one of you? It, no. Going, no, it was, it was one and two. It finished with okay. he, he and I one and two. And he ends up beating me by about 13. Okay. And, and, I, and I'm, curious, I'm sure you're going to tell me you would have done the opposite because in hindsight, I hate this decision. So I I have three real quarterbacks on this team, and I have to start two. Yeah. So I'm starting Jalen Hurts, who ends up having a very good week against Washington. I would have done that for sure. And then my other two quarterbacks are Teddy Bridgewater, who is playing the Bengals. I don't love Teddy Bridgewater, Mm -hmm. but I do kind of like the matchup against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And the other option was Cam Newton against the Bills. I don't really like Cam Newton, and I really don't like him against the Bills. Yeah. So I say, and you know what? I'm actually starting Cam, and then I'm listening to a CBS podcast where they say, Cam Newton splitting reps with Walker, don't start Cam Newton. Right. So when I heard that, I go, well, I can't, in this week, it, it's all about upside. It's all about what's the most amount of points you can put up. Totally so is. I, I can't start Cam Newton if he's going to be splitting reps with somebody. There's just no way. And so I benched him. Mm-hmm. I, lose by, I lose by 13. Teddy Bridgewater gets four, goes out with a concussion. Cam Newton gets 24. That's tough. So if I had just left Cam Newton in, I would have won. Now, it almost doesn't matter because I had Godwin on that roster, wouldn't have played for me the next week. Right. Dalvin Cook on that roster, 
wouldn't have played for me that next week. And so I had enough guys who like, I was just going to be screwed in the next round anyway, but I basically Mm -hmm. have to spend all summer reminding myself (laughs) that if I had just, and this is actually the thing that kills me, Rob, when it comes to fantasy football and gambling is when you have that gut feeling of, Hey, I'm going to set my lineup. These are my best guys. And then similar to what you were talking about, you take in too much information, you trust somebody else's opinion you make that decision. It's not their team. It's your team. But you take their opinion, and that's what costs you a victory. That's what's going to eat away at me. Did you like your process, though? Because that is ultimately what it comes down to, to me, is if you liked your process and you didn't get the results coming out of it, I'm okay. I trust my process. But if my process was to start Cam, and I hate to say this, I probably would have just because Cam's probably going to run for a touchdown, and I don't know how many he did in that game. He probably got at least one. Two. Yeah, and that's why I would have. But that would have been my process. So if Cam would have been the concussed quarterback that got me four and Teddy went for 24, I'd have been disappointed, but I would have been okay because that's my process. So I I totally understand why you would listen to a podcast. I do it all the time and change your mind and change your thought process. I get it. But at the end of the day, until CBS Sports pays your entry fee into these leagues, you got to make your own decisions. And so to, to answer the question you kind of asked, did I like the process? Did I follow the process? Yes and no. I followed okay. the process in the sense of, I believe in making a, the most informed decision you can, first of all, which knowing that Newton is splitting reps with someone is, in, is, is data. So I like that. But at the end of the day, no. And I, I've said this to you before privately, and I, I said it to other people, you know, whenever they would ask, when they'd go, wow, your quarterbacks suck. And I would go, yes, they do. But Hertz and Newton are two of the more, I don't know, well-established running quarterbacks in the league. So right. what I'm going to lose in terms of quality, I'm just going to make up for on the ground. And I got away from that. I got away from that in benching Cam Newton, knowing that he does have that safety net of the fact that he's not even on a bad week. He's probably going to rush for, what, 40, 50 yards maybe? Yep. And so that's an extra four to five points. So yes and no. I, had, I followed the process in terms of getting data and making an informed decision, but I didn't in the fact of the way that this team was kind of going to game the system was we're not talented at quarterback, but we have this weird sort of advantage because outside of maybe Lamar Jackson, they're two of the better running quarterbacks in the league. Maybe obviously Josh Allen could get thrown into that conversation as well. Yeah, and I think you should look at the Teddy Bridgewater concussion as a blessing because if he wasn't concussed, he probably would have scored about 12 more points and he would have lost by one. Yeah, then I could still be mad about it now, though, which would be a plus. That's fair. So speaking of trusting the process, and I am in the final of this 96-team league this week, Mm -hmm. I have Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Russell Wilson. I'm starting Patrick Mahomes. Correct. What do I do with the other two? Who does Minnesota play? Not that it really matters. Green Bay in Green Bay, Sunday night in what they call frigid temperatures. I think you have to start Cousins. I don't think you can trust Russell Wilson at this point. And okay. even, even with the news that Thielen's not going to play, you know, Justin Jefferson is still on this team. And mm-hmm. despite – what that defense tried to do against the Rams last week, 
Green Bay is going to score a lot of points. And Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw – this is my opinion anyway, that the game okay. script turns into Cousins having to throw the ball a lot. And, I mean, do you trust Russell Wilson? I don't. No, I don't. And right now I think I have Russell Wilson in there. Uh, I don't even remember who Wilson plays. I don't even know if it matters. It's a home game against somebody. But I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously your options are better than, than my options in the fact that Mahomes is way better than Jalen Hurts. And I think, you know. I, don't know. I honestly don't know if he is. Well, real life? Real well, life-wise, sure. Fantasy-wise, I don't know. Well, I, I, I guess here's what I would say to that. The bad Patrick Mahomes game mm-hmm. is significantly better than the bad Jalen Hurts game. Yeah, and, and you are an expert on bad Jalen Hurts games, right? You know, it's funny, the number of leagues I, like, owned him in. <laughs> and I, I, I know I talk about it to death, but it's you could get him so late. I and, loved it. I loved him this year. His value is exceptional. And I don't know that he's a starter next year. That's why, honestly, I really want yeah. them to make the playoffs. Because I think if they make the playoffs, it's, it's hard to get rid of him if they make the playoffs, I think. I think they do, right? Like, it's, it's Minnesota, it's Philly, or it's maybe, I guess, Washington. Washington's dead. Yeah. Minnesota's terrible. Um, so I think the Eagles, I think they have Washington and Dallas left. They just got to win one game, and they're going to be in. I think he's back regardless. Like, I just don't see how they move away from him at this point. Um, and they're more than a quarterback away. Like even if they sure. somehow got a healthy Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes said, you know what, I really like that Liberty Bell. I'm going to go play there. They're still not winning anything. Like they're that far away. So if you're Philly, you got a whole bunch of draft capital and you can make the playoffs, which is a huge bonus this season. Nobody thought they were going to do that. Good for you guys. But I don't know. I like to bug you about Jalen Hurts, but I'd probably have him on more rosters than you do. I mean, you can bug me about Jalen Hurts all you want. I think he's been great. I, I couldn't even tell you where he is, like, this year. But, I mean, he's a QB1 for sure. So, I believe right now he's QB4. Yeah, I mean, and if you, if you just look at it from an investment and a return standpoint, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the better values that you could get. You know, obviously, some of that comes down to league format. Is it one QB? Is it super flex? Is it redraft, dynasty, guillotine league, whatever? But the fact that you could get him so late and, you know, the rushing numbers would just bump up his value like that, he's a a great value. And to to just real quickly, to put a bow on super flex 48, which you were so kind to bring up. I'm here for you, brother. I totally butchered the Cam Newton thing. But at the same time, I was lucky in the fact that Stebbs had Tom Brady, who didn't do really anything. He had Gronkowski, who didn't really do anything. He had, I know that. He had Leonard Fournette, who got hurt. Literally, yep. Stebbs and I were watching that game. And we're like, wow, this sucks. All of our guys are hurt. And at the end, the thing that really killed me was he had Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. It was hard to survive that. Yeah, if you have those two individuals on your team, you're winning a hell of a lot more than you're losing. Right. Which is funny because he had those unless, two guys all year and like barely got into the top four. Unless you're in a guillotine league and you have Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup on your roster and you somehow still manage to get eliminated. Well, okay, that's going to happen. <laughs> the guillotine league, that's going to happen every once in a while. 
Yeah, and I think it, it hit home for me today when I, 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 for what now, 16, 17 weeks, my, my Wednesday morning routine has been sure. to open my email and look at the waiver moves. And uh, it was like somebody bought my children. It, it was awful. Wow. When I saw Cooper Cup God. getting picked up and for nothing, right? Like, what did he go for? Like 30 cents or something? It was like... <laughs> My God, I spent a hundred bucks on Tyson Williams, who I'm probably as good at at this point. And my, my prize possession Cooper Cup, who I luckily drafted, according to Anthony, went for 30 cents. It's a sad day, brother. It was a sad day. And so when I, you click on your roster inadvertently, yeah. like you don't mean yeah. to, like you just do, mm-hmm. and there's nothing there, it's awful. The week after I was eliminated, I literally went to go set a lineup. Yeah. And I couldn't do it, which was fair. I deserved that at that point. I really liked the way you went about this league. Other than, you know, you just needed to spend a little bit of cash. But you had a good yeah, good makeup, right? Like you rode Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Uh, you rode your tight ends. You did really well. And then you just, like it happens to everybody, Jalen Hurts had a poo-poo week, and yeah. that was it for you, right? So. There's a, oh, yeah. lot of, there's a lot of management that goes into this, but, man, there's a lot of luck too, right? Like there's probably two or three weeks I probably should have gone home that I didn't, that Austin Eckler puts up 40 or Cooper Cup just goes out there nonchalantly and puts up 38. Like I, I got by – a lot of my mistakes were hidden by those two fine gentlemen, and I just think that, you know, Anthony's famous .22 win. Tyreek Hill has had four weeks this year where he's had under five fantasy points, I think it is. Like, that's yeah. scary. Um, you know, I picked Rob Gronkowski over Mark Andrews. I, I held on to Darren Waller. I picked Mike Evans over Keenan Allen. You know, like, I just – there's certain things that I did that in any other format I never would have done, but I was just trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And typically this is what happens when you try to be the smartest guy in the room. You're on the outside looking in, so – I'm glad you brought up Tyreek Hill because I hadn't thought about this. Yeah. And as, as you were talking about it, I was thinking about this. You know, so much was made of the Chiefs' struggles early on, and then the Bills had similar comparisons made when they were struggling to score points as well. And both those teams were teams that last year really benefited from just chucking it deep and those, those, those quick strike touchdowns and big plays down the field. And, you know, it's – probably been one of the biggest talking points this year has been just playing those two safeties super deep and taking away that big play and making quarterbacks like Mahomes and Allen who want that big play, make them be patient for 10 to 12 plays. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of seen the chiefs offense has definitely come back to closer to what we expected. And even the last couple of weeks, I think you've seen the bills start to make some of those adjustments, but I think heading into next year, maybe even directly in this off season, depending on, how the next couple of weeks play out. I wonder if there is a small buy window for Tyreek Hill in the sense that people are going to look at that overall ranking is going to be lower because of those, those short production weeks that you mentioned. Yeah. And the, the overall numbers just aren't going to look as good. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, if the enemy is still there, they are smart enough to be able to figure out, Hey, He's the most dynamic playmaker, not just on our team, but maybe in the league. We have to find a way to get him the ball. I'd be shocked if he has a season like this, and it's not even a bad year. 
but I'd be shocked if his numbers don't go up next year. So I wonder if there's a small buy window early in the offseason when some of those low point totals are still fresh in people's mind. Maybe. And I know that's not much of an answer, but I think that at the end of the day, you have a wide receiver with a pretty good resume with a quarterback who's perceived as the best in the league. I don't think you're getting them cheap. You might get him for a, a slight discount, but you know, the, how do I say this? We tend to over and overvalue our assets, right? Like if, for sure. If you are the Tyreek Hill manager, you want three firsts, you want a company car, you want an all-expenses-paid vacation and firsts for your wife. If I'm not and I'm trying to buy him from you, I'm like, hey, you know, a couple of firsts and, you know, this, you know, Andy Isabella, you know, he's not quite gone yet, but maybe you take him, maybe he'll be good. But I, I just think that, yeah, there's, that's how you try to buy Tyreek Hill. You're like, hey, like, you become Anthony Leone or you try to be sure. do your best Anthony Leone impression. And you say, look, this guy had five weeks this season where he cost you a win. He had five weeks where he was under double digit fantasy points in PPR scoring. That's unheard of. But the reality of him doing that again is barring injury is incredibly low. Like I would not be surprised if he goes out and puts up 40 this weekend. But it's interesting you mentioned Buffalo and you, it's interesting you mentioned Kansas City and they both have those deep weapons and they both thrived on that last season. But both of them stopped running the football this year and they made themselves super easy to defend. You just, like you said, you back your safeties up, let them have those eight to 10 yard games down the field. And look what happens when Buffalo gets Devin Singletary involved a little bit more and, and Kansas City gets, you know, Williams and, and CEH going a little bit. It changes the dynamic of the, of the game. So I was really worried about your football team to the point where I was actually wondering if your coaching staff would return, which I think you probably think is insane because he's beloved there. But I think they're figuring it out when they need to figure it out the most. And what I really like is that they're going to probably slide in the back door. And my God, that's not the team I want to play in the playoff. Like I think you guys could very quietly do like a Tennessee run and, 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 and make some noise. So I hope that happens at least. Do you know what's – it's so funny that you would say that they could slide in the, the back door. Like, and, and trust me, the last thing I should do as a Bills fan is ever be confident. But <laughs> all they have to do is beat Atlanta and the Jets. And they're and they still win the division? If they beat Atlanta and the Jets, they win the division. When okay, they, well. When they beat New England on Sunday, it was they're the four seed. Cincinnati still plays Kansas City, so if Kansas City beats them and the Bills just beat Atlanta and the Jets, they're no worse than the three seed. Now, the thing that strikes fear into me is if you look at it, because there's the one bye, two plays seven, and three plays six. Right. You know who is very likely to be six? New England? The New England Patriots. Round three, perhaps. Hmm. Not something I want a part, any part of any part of despite no. what we saw on Sunday get Bill Belichick as far away from me as possible the most painful thing of Sunday was I was actually traveling and I didn't really watch any football so um, when I saw the scores I was stunned that you guys won that game obviously I dropped Josh Allen I didn't right. think you guys were gonna play well so do you think Darcy will give me like some royalties or like a little bit of a cut since I dropped a 31 point quarterback in his lap at the most important time of the season no absolutely not 
Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah, just just throwing it up there. Speaking of Darcy, and this is yeah. this is like not fair to Curtis. And so Curtis, sorry. He's, tough. In, he's he's a big boy. He'll be okay. I'm in the bag for Darcy. Like I need Darcy to win this for a very selfish reason. And okay. that is when I made that ill-fated trade with Leone, mm. the person the most upset about the integrity of this league to the point yeah. of him, you know, quickly and briefly leaving the chat was Darcy. And I felt bad about it. I tried to reach out to him. Didn't really talk to him after it happened. Mm -hmm. And I think he should win the league because then maybe we can't pin anything negative on me, which is really what I'm concerned about. Well, I'll tell you this. I am looking forward to, oh, and remind me, I have one other thing I have to tell you. Um, I play in a lot of leagues with Darcy. I play in a couple as well. He is probably the best fantasy football manager I play with. Like he is probably in about five or six finals this weekend. He drafts better than anybody I've ever played with. If there was anything that Darcy could probably do a little bit better, it's his trades because I think he's just so bloody honest and so Mm -hmm. good at what he does is he treats you guys for what they're worth. And you're like, holy shit. Like I didn't expect to get that trade but he has the most integrity of anybody I play with. So that's why he was as mad as he was with this trade. And that's why he's sort of, without saying it, influenced me into taking the trade aspect out of this format. Which I think is the right decision. I think so too. So you know what I was going to do if I made the finals? I can't wait. What? On Saturday night, I was going to drop just any random player. And I was going to pick up Lynn Bowden Jr. Because I wanted Lynn Bowden Jr. to be on my championship roster. Because if you recall last year. I do. In our draft, I was out with my family. I think I was at the driving range. I was hitting golf balls. And for some unknown godly reason, under stress and duress, early, like in the ninth round or something, I picked Lynn Bowden Jr. And I give the league and all the members of it credit because I have never played in a league and made a draft pick and been unanimously told by everybody in the league how shitty of a draft pick that was. And I, I wore like a badge of honor, almost like the first I traded for Andy Dalton in another league last year. So I was really looking forward to adding Lynn Bowden Jr. to my team. And alas, it just never happened. So I just I'll draft him again next year, maybe. I mean, why not, right? As the last pick, it, you could probably do worse, maybe not, than Lynn Bowden Jr. Yeah, like it's not like I took him in, the, like I don't know, the ninth round or anything. Right, but. right. So two things I wanted to ask you that pertain to – the first one pertains to this league and fantasy broadly, and the second one just to the future of this league. The first one was – Yeah. So obviously you weren't thrilled with this outcome. I – was also not thrilled with that Superflex 48 outcome that we talked about earlier. Yeah. What is the, what is the mourning period for you on this? And what does that look like? So how long I, before you get over it? I long over it. I was over it that day. And, and, and in fact, I was over it earlier than that. I think I was over it. I don't know. I, I just, I was so far. They killed me, right? Like it wasn't close. Right. Like, let me pull this up here. I had, 
114 points and, and Curtis had 150. Like as soon as, as soon as I saw, you know, my guys just do nothing. I knew it was, it was, it was over early. It was the Jonathan Taylor, 10 point game. It was the Keenan Allen, seven point game, Rob Gronkowski, you know, three points. There's no coming back from that. And, and I would be really upset. And I, I, I struggle with the tight losses, the close losses, because then I can overanalyze in my head all the moves that I made that were detrimental. It didn't matter if I kept Josh Allen. It really didn't. And it didn't matter if I'd started, you know, I guess maybe if I'd have kept T. Higgins and started him, which I probably wouldn't have anyway, maybe I could have added those 70 points in instead of 27. I'm still probably losing. So, no, sometimes you just get beat. And that's what happened. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm cool with it. Um, I wish both these guys luck in the final and uh, let the best man win. And I, you know, I guess partially would kind of lean towards thinking Darcy has the edge, but he does have a bit of a stack in there. And if Mahomes Mm -hmm. and KC stumble, he's got the two key pieces of that offense. So um, I like what he did by putting Josh Allen in instead of Patrick Mahomes so that he can – at least that's what his roster looks like today. Not that I look at it every day or anything, Kevin. Um, but, uh, no, I'm over it. I am. Um, I, I'd be lying if I didn't want to still be in it. And, and I, I envisioned myself in the finals with Lynn Bowden Jr. carrying me off the field on his shoulders. But shit, shit's real sometimes. It doesn't happen. So I lost. It's as simple as that. And before you mentioned about beefing up the guillotine league. Yeah. And I, and I believe you said a 96 team guillotine. Yeah. league. So I think yeah. there's two immediate questions that come to mind. The first is, do you think you could fill it? And the speak, and mostly that's because, you know, guillotine is still kind of catching on with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So a, do you think you could fill it and B, what are, without going into every detail, what are like a couple of the nuances you think we'd have to work into it being a 96-team league? So I don't know if I could fill it. I think that honestly would be challenging. If I started tomorrow recruiting people to get into this league, maybe I could, but I need a break from this shit. I'm not going right. to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but if by chance stars align and we fill this thing, um, you – Draft your rosters. You do it in 12-team leagues, not 18-team leagues. And by week 10, you take the last four teams out of each of those eight divisions of 12, and you run it like Rick runs his 96-team league playoffs. But, and this is Paul Charchian's deal on guillotineleagues.com, everybody who makes it into that final four drops their entire roster, and you redraft. So that's, that would be how it would work. And I just don't know if I can fill it, but it would be a ton of fun. And you get paid. You get to that, you get to that final four, you get paid for winning your 12-team league, and off you go. So that's, that's the big vision. But at the very least, Kevin, we will have um, this league again. I would absolutely love it if everybody came back. Um, I thought this league was full of really, really good people um, and Anthony. And uh, it was just fun. And, uh, you know, the chat was lit, um, still is to a certain extent. Um, I find myself when I have nothing to do and I'm a little lonely and no one to talk to, I just go into the chat. I'll find someone. 
Stubbs will be in there chewing a gummy or, you know, right. watching TV or at the bar. Um, periodically you actually work. So you'll step in every once in a while and say, Hey, um, and then I just have to say something dumb and then that gets Anthony going. And then there's, 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 there's comfort in my life. So, um, easy league to run. Um, not a whole lot of, of stress. Uh, you know, one, one bullshit trade early in the season that I shut down and then you go from there. So, um, it was a ton of fun. I will do this again and again and again hopefully with um, people as great as the, that we had in this league this year. And I think what really goes unappreciated is your role in all of this. And for you to spend, you know, 30 to 40 minutes talking about stuff that really, I don't even know if 18 people care about, maybe 14 of the 18 people care about. Right. But it's, it's got a great following like shit. Like I did 150 episodes of my own podcast and I'm pretty sure you got more downloads than I do. So, um, I, I just wanted to say thank you. And I know that a lot of us appreciate this and I know that there's going to be a bunch of guys listening to this, um, probably tomorrow, um, Darcy and Curtis, I love you and hate you at the same time. I wish you both luck and everybody else that's listening that didn't make it to the finals. I was better than you are. So, um, yeah, but no, it's a ton of fun. You deserve a lot of credit for what, for what you've done with this. Um, and just for being the guy that you are, like you're an exceptional good guy and a great host and, Nobody wants to come on this, but everybody loves it when they do. I do like that you've admitted that nobody wants to come on this show. No. Because no. I think that's a very fair, I can tell you, I think that's a very fair response. Do not want yeah. to come on this show. Kind of like, like the Grim Reaper, right? Like nobody wants to answer Death's call. But uh, yeah, everybody that I know that's been on here has, uh, has enjoyed it and uh, speaks highly of you. and. They should. And I just want to say, first of all, very kind of you. Hey. Secondly, if this league becomes 96 teams, yeah, I'm going to have to do some brainstorming on the podcasting front to figure out how that's all going to work. Well, yes. I wouldn't feel like it was justice for me to just podcast my division, assuming I'm allowed back in this league. Oh, you're, you're in. So I would have to figure out either a robust production schedule. Yeah. Or I don't know. Your wife doesn't mind if you do this every night, does she? Well, here's the key to this, Rob. She's asleep. So like okay. it doesn't matter what's happening now. And honestly, sometimes I will just tell her, hey, I'm going to record a podcast. And she, she forgets I'm downstairs. She forgets I'm downstairs. She thinks I went to bed. That's good. That's good. I'm not sure my wife would trust me on the internet by myself after she went to sleep. So that's good. Well, there you go. But hey, thank you for coming <laughs> on again. Thank you for yeah. everything you've done with this league. Obviously, you're a huge part of you know the kind of people we're able to get to join this league and the culture and community we're able to build within the chat and around the league in general. So I appreciate all the work that you put into it. And we will see who, if anybody, comes on this next week let me ask you do you think if darcy wins do you think he will answer my message and come 100%. on this? because 100%. when i because when i dm'd him after the trade between leone and i i never heard back from him but you're confident he would come on the show yeah no um knowing darcy the way that i believe that i do he will come on the show win or lose um because he's that good a guy but i think you should have them both on together personally not I, i'm not the professional you are um, but I either would have 
the loser, and it's such a harsh term, and, and you get to this mm-hmm. point, sure. the person that doesn't win on and then the winner. But it's not my show. It's, it, this is your baby. So you are 100% welcome back in this league next year, by the way, my friend. Like, who doesn't want a guy to come back in a league that doesn't spend his fab? Like, that's brilliant. Like, I wish I could avoid more guys that would keep 800 bucks in their pocket. I'm but, afraid of not having money, Rob. Both okay, in this league okay. and in life. And in life. Nice. Um, so, Kevin, question for you before we wrap up this absolutely sure. enjoyable 40-minute conversation. Yes, who I wins? would draft Jalen Hurts again. Oh, so would I. Oh, oh who, sorry. That wasn't wins? your question? Who wins? It's, it's Darcy. Partially because I need the curse of Leone lifted from me, but partially because it's something I think you said before. I have thought for a very long time that he had such a strong roster. Agree. You know, when I looked at it up and down, there were teams that had good rosters. Obviously, Anthony had a good roster. You had a very good team. But Darcy had that roster where when I looked at it, I just went, man, you you have to have your best week, and Darcy has to have a bad week just to have a shot. Now, obviously, it's different now because there's only two teams left, so we're dealing with loaded rosters. But, Mm -hmm. you know – the fact that he's choosing between who I would say are the two best quarterbacks in the AFC in Josh Allen going against Atlanta and Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes going against Cincinnati. That's a great problem to have. Yeah. So I, I give the nod to Darcy. I don't think I've ever been right though. Any week I've predicted something. So sorry if I just gave you the kiss of death, Darcy, I apologize. Oh, he sure as shit isn't going to come on if you did. Um, you, you promised that he would. So if he well, I didn't know you were going to put a curse on him. Yeah. There was two rosters that I feared from very early on in this league, and it was Darcy and Anthony. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I really had that great a roster. I think I had some pretty good players. I had uh, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, and at times I had Lamar Jackson, and at times I had Josh Allen, and I think that carried me. But I didn't have those really hard, tough start-sit decisions like these guys do. Sure. Like, they were sitting legitimately guys that I would have killed to start. So I think Darcy wins this, but I'm not going to rule Curtis out. I think right now, if you look at the MLF projections, Darcy's about a 10-point favorite. But, hell, half these guys could get COVID in the next two days. Um, Hopefully they don't. Hopefully they have healthy rosters to choose from. But I will put my – two cents on Darcy as well, wishing them both the best of luck. And they're, they're both winners in my mind to get it this far is a huge accomplishment. For sure. Hey, Rob, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Anytime, brother. Thank you.